Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to another edition of Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen, and we are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM. We're also streaming at WCEV1450.com. Now, for those of you who are new to the Radio Islam family, we welcome you. Thanks for tuning in. You can keep up with us by following and liking our pages on social media. You'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. And also make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. So wherever you get yours at, if that's iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or Google Play, you will find us at Radio Islam USA. All right, Radio Islam family, it is always good to be with you tonight. We have joining us by phone, Huda Al-Kaf. Huda is the founder and director of Wisconsin Green Muslims, which is a grassroots environmental justice group formed in 2005, connecting faith, environmental justice, and sustainability through education and service. Huda is an, econ- an excuse me. Huda is an ecologist with higher education degrees in conservation ecology, sustainable development, and environmental education from the University of Georgia and had experience teaching environmental studies courses at the University of Wisconsin. She's been appointed to serve on the Environmental Justice Task Force for the Southeastern Wisconsin Regional Planning Commission. We thank you for joining us. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yeah, so you, you are doing some really important work, uh, and the climate, the environment, these are things that are important to all of us, regardless of our uh, our ethnicity, our, our faith, background, you know, these are things that we all need, we all rely on. So the organization that you have, uh, Wisconsin Green Muslims, could you talk to us a bit about its inception, how it came into being? Yeah, in uh, in early 2000, uh, I was a founding member of Wisconsin Interfaith Power and Light, mm-hmm. which is an interfaith uh, group a group of uh, individuals from different faiths that came together to work towards healthy and sustainable energy and stable climate for all in Wisconsin and beyond. Mm. So that made me think I would like to form an environmental group focused on the Muslim community, um, doing pretty much the same thing we were doing uh, with the other faiths mm-hmm. uh, in an interfaith setting. But, uh, but to focus on, on Muslims. So that's where uh, we started Wisconsin Green Muslims uh, in 2005. It was called then the Islamic Environmental Group of Wisconsin. Then we changed the name to a shorter one, which is Wisconsin Green Muslims. <laughs> yeah. Now, was there a particular, uh, was there something in particular that was going on at the time that you formed the organization um, that, that made you say, we need to, you know, I need to do this? Well, as I mentioned, I mean, I was uh, I'm passionate about work with uh, like connecting faith and, and ecology. That's my passion. Right. And so when I found that most of my work is is an interfaith setting, and I said, no, I want to focus more um, to build the the Muslim community's um, involvement with the environment. And so pretty much, okay, that's when I felt. Um, I'm ready to um, build this this group, and uh, based on the experience that we gained from connecting faith in general with uh, with ecology, so, so there was just the time was right. Right. So is that that's the primary mission of Wisconsin Green Muslims is is connecting Muslims with the uh, with the ecology and and serving as kind of a platform interfaith work as well. Yeah, I'm an ecologist, uh, scientist, and environmental educator by training, and I'm interested in living my faith mm-hmm. through care for Earth and all its inhabitants. Mm. So this is the driving force behind forming this group. Okay. All right. Now, are there any particular uh, challenges that come along with environmental coalition building? Um, environmental coalition building, which is really also something that we excel in doing in coalition building and partnerships. Yeah. Because we are a small group, we cannot exist without like partnering with others. So that's where that's what what uh, uh, made us really survive and or thrive is through partnerships and coalition buildings. 
And the environment is really wide, so that's how we, we need to look at it. Mm-hmm. And we love to be part of networks, establishing and nourishing connections, and contributing to the collective impact towards an equitable, just, healthy, peaceful, and sustainable future for all. Yes. yes. So uh, with our work, um, we work on environmental and climate justice issues as they relate to clean air, pure water, healthy food, waste reduction, solar energy, energy efficiency, transit equity. So that gives us a, a broad uh, spectrum of connections with, uh, with many, many groups and organizations. Right. Now, with all, the, with all of those areas that you just mentioned, um, you know, uh, water and, and air uh, and so on, if someone had to pick, right, what is the first thing that you, that, that you address? out of all those things, or is there a number one? Um, that has been uh, really a challenge for, for <laughs> me in, per, in particular because I was interested in working all of these issues. Yeah. So what we did is what we divided our model is that we divided the whole year into different themes. Hmm. And we, we, we designate each month uh, a specific theme and work on that throughout that month. And then another month comes another thing. So, for example, um, January would be networking. Uh, then uh, February is climate change. Uh, um, March is water. Um, May, uh, April is interfaith Earth Month mm-hmm. uh, and different things uh, each year. May is fair trade. Um, in the summer, we are focused on um, vegetable gardens. And then comes Ramadan, green Ramadan, comes also these, these years in this summer. Uh, then we have in um, October is Energy Awareness Month. We will focus on solar and energy efficiency. November is recycling and waste reduction. December is uh, environmental justice, transit, equity. And we have, because we're a small group, we... we um, we look at what's going on nationally, and we like tag into it, uh, benefiting from the resources. So, for example, water in March, because there is a World Water Day in March. Oh, really? So we make the whole month is water. We, that's that's how we designate the whole month, uh, focusing on water, benefiting from that World Water Day on March 22nd week. So that's how we uh, we do that. Um, uh, October is already a National Energy Awareness Month, so mm-hmm. that's how we, okay, there's already a designation for the month, so we, we benefit from educating about solar energy efficiency. Um, in November, there is a, a November a date there for recycling, National Recycling Day, so we say, okay, the whole month would be focusing on recycling and waste reduction. Mm-hmm. Uh, in December, uh, December 10 is... Um, Human Rights Day. So we say, okay, the whole month is focused on environmental justice as a human rights issue. Could you talk a little bit, um, a little more about environmental justice for those who may not be familiar with this term? Yeah, environmental justice is a term coined by environmental justice communities, like people of color and uh, income-challenged communities. And... uh, uh, it's uh, the, the definition of it, um, for example, according to um, the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, mm-hmm. um, it, it has a goal. It looks at environmental justice as the fair treatment and meaningful involvement of all people, regardless of race, color, national origin, or income, uh, with respect to the development, implementation, and enforcement of environmental laws, regulations, and policies. Mm. So this can be achieved um, when everyone enjoys the same degree of protection mm. from environmental and health hazards and equal access to the decision-making process to have a healthy environment in which to live, learn, and work. Hmm. Okay. So uh, talk to us a bit about has this has this administration's 
um, rollback of EPA standards uh, and regulations, right? They're, they've they've been really hard at work. Um, has the, what has the impact of the administration's um, policies uh, and those changes? What, what's the impact on the work that you um, have done or may not, you know, look to be doing? Yeah, I mean, we were happy before with the, how the EPA, like, uplifted the environmental justice voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had uh, good representation there on a higher level, and we were um, partnering with many, um, looking at those uh, rules and standards, making sure that there is... Uh, a meaningful engagement as part of the conversation. Um, for example, there was, we were hopeful about the Clean Energy Incentive Program uh, that was part of the rolled back now, that has been rolled back, uh, EPA's Clean Power Plan, which is the first ever standards to reduce carbon pollution from existing power plants. Um, so within that program, uh, which the environmental justice communities were like in hopeful that it can carry uplift voices. And, um, we were organizing and coordinating meaningful community engagement opportunities and listening sessions to encourage people's participation and submission of public comments in regards to the Clean Energy Incentive Program, mm-hmm. which in particular it gives incentives to states to improve energy efficiency and solar power in low-income communities and build renewable energy programs in all communities. So we were, like, very, like, supportive or hopeful of, for that uh, work, but that now has all been rolled back. Mm. So that's really a step backwards right. for environmental justice communities. Right. Well, yeah, and, and obviously there's, an, there's a definite element of environmental justice uh, in that. Um, but looking at uh, if the the individual, so the average person that's that's walking around the day that decides that they want to start to to do more, um, to to do their part, uh, with whether you know in in keeping the the health of, of of our planet, where would you suggest that that person start? Would would it be recycling? Would it be uh, what what would it be? Everyone is is different and that's where we when we do all these different themes mm-hmm. we need people where they are people are some people are interested in food so we need them when we do this community vegetable gardens right some people are interested in saving money in their electricity bills so we we tell them okay this is how we can you can do that some some are really um it, it touches their heart when we talk about water uh, spirituality of water and how water in Islam. So that's where we meet them at, and we tell them, okay, this is what the prophet used to do, and this is how we can do it. Um, so it's it's whatever. That's why the variety and the diversity of approaches um, allows people to come in at different times in different ways and just connect with uh, with whatever they're passionate uh, with and learn more about it. So maybe some people are affected with transit. So that's where we, we tell them, okay, this week we can organize, we can work on some job lines, which we need, which mm. we, can, we can do these kinds of things. We can collaborate with others. So that's how we, uh, we approach it. But, uh, but for us, we have, uh, we have two initiatives that kind of we found that touch, the, touch people's hearts uh, as far as we can which is the faith in solar. I um, mean, we talk about light mm-hmm. and uh, light and, and nur uh, in, in Islam. I mean, so you said water. Faith, faith in solar? What? You said faith in solar? Yeah, solar. Oh, okay, solar okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, faith in solar initiatives. So currently, Wisconsin Green Muslim is leading two initiatives, and they are interfaith initiatives. They're open to all faiths, but... Um, the Wisconsin Faith and Solar Initiative, which brings people of faith and spirituality together mm-hmm. to care for Earth, our common home, while reinvesting their saved money into their mission and building stronger communities. And we also have the Faithful Rainwater Harvesting Initiative, 
And the abbreviation of that is Farah, which means joy in Arabic. So we celebrate together uh, water coming, sacred water, like it's a sacred gift um, for all of us. And it's it's common common messaging for all faiths. So we found that talking about, about sacred light mm-hmm. uh, and also sacred water, like really um, uplifts uh, uh, communities and um, we can we can build relationships. It's like a unifying power of both uh, power of light and the power of, of water. Mm. So some people like really like to come into those uh, types of messages and what kind of benefits they can they can gain from this learning together. Um, yeah. Well, that that's that's awesome. Alhamdulillah. Um, are you? Uh, do you okay? Because it sounds like you have the way you're structured, which is uh, sounds really wonderful. That people can plug in uh, when something piques their interest, when they find an area that they're passionate about. And so, do you have? Are there like you know we have uh, you know students as well as you know um, older people? Is there is there a mix as far as the uh, age ranges uh, are concerned? Yes, yes, and we find that that's that's interesting. As I mentioned, like each. With, with different themes, we, we find different populations come in into the, into the during the activities that we do. Like uh, when it's, well, if, we, if we do recycling, we find the youth. We do like friendly competitions and okay, recycle. How many bags we can recycle? Plastic bags and why is that? Or we can and and we do some kind of friendly and fun activities. So th- we find more youth into that. When we talk about solar. We find more engineers into the, from the community coming into the mix and are interested. When we talk about food, we find um, families come in uh, and and, um, and elders and like just interested. We talk about fair trade. We find business people come in, those who have grocery stores and and others. They they come in and, and participate and wanna see what what's new, what's going on. And uh, but water, water is kind of like everyone really comes in, into that. So uh, um, transit is like certain populations who are interested in transit. Those they like come in um, and see how we can uh, they can benefit from that. Or so yeah, it's well, different people come into uh, connection with us. Yes, well that is uh, that's wonderful. We really appreciate uh, the work that that you all are doing there. And uh, it's great to see that this is a common theme around the around the country. Um, so yeah, we, we wish you a continued success in the work you're doing, uh, Sister Huda. And we thank you for taking the time to talk with us. Before we let you go, can would you like to let folks know where they can get more information about Wisconsin Green Muslims? Yeah, WisconsinGreenMuslims.org, and we have our campaign that was also universal, which is the Greening Ramadan campaign, that's like really where we, everything we have, I've talked about during the year, mm-hmm. that's focused on in that month, Ramadan. And so that now every day is an action item that we do, and we look at how we can collectively um, quantify the impact of, of that holy month of Ramadan. So, yeah, you can find it on our website, and we have also, we are on Twitter, WI Green Muslims on Facebook, the same address, WI Green Muslims. And uh, yeah, connect with us. Okay. Thank you very much again. Uh, may Allah continue to bless you. Jazakumullah khair. All right. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. All right, Radio Islam family, we're going to take a short break. I emphasize short, not too long. But we'll be back in just a minute. This is Radio Slime on WCV, 1450 AM. The Syrian Community Network, with offices nationwide, serves its Chicago area clients from its Northside location located at 5439 North Broadway. They provide housing, social services, education, basic human needs, and food security. The Syrian Community Network has Arabic-speaking staff and is a partner organization of the Illinois Coalition for Immigrant and Refugee Rights. You can get more info by calling area code 872 
802-806-0141. That's area code 872-806-0141 or by visiting their website at syriancommunitynetwork.org. The International Museum of Muslim Cultures and History in Jackson, Mississippi, hosts a historic national conference in partnership with the National Museum of African American History and Culture, Millsaps College, Tougaloo College, Sound Vision, and with support from the W.K. Kellogg Foundation titled Race, Class, and Religious Intersectionality in America, an ongoing struggle for human dignity. This is a candid conversation, including presentations by over 70 scholars, activists, elected officials, and thought leaders taking up the ongoing struggle for human dignity in the American experiment. The conference takes place September 6th through the 9th at the Western Jackson, located at 407 South Congress Street, Jackson, Mississippi. Registration is $245 for adults or $450 per couple. $170 for students 13 to 21 and children under 13 are free. Register and find more information at muslimmuseum.org. A boy born in Joplin, Missouri was fascinated by anything with wheels and a motor. The odds of him going on to fascinate millions with his talent, one in 260,000. The odds of him having 15 career NASCAR victories, one in 1.7 million. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism, one in 88. I'm Jamie McMurray, and my niece has autism. Learn more at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. My name is Sue Smith. I'm 38, and I work at a graphic design company. And the teenage me would tell you, I wouldn't be into drawing and art if it wasn't for Big Brother's Big Sisters. My big sister showed me early on that I could do anything. And to the young me, that meant a lot. My big sister's name is Sheila, and Sheila is the reason that this 8-year-old grows up to have an amazing job as a graphic designer. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brother's Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brother's Big Sisters and the Ad Council. Radio Islam, the nation's first daily live call-in talk radio show produced by Muslims for the mainstream market. Radio Islam, on the air since 2004 because of your generosity. Radio Islam salutes its most valuable asset, you, our listener. From our producers to our interns, we appreciate your support. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq El Amin, and we are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, streaming at WCEV1450.com. Now, if you're just tuning in, make sure that you are following and liking our pages on social media. Get at us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You'll find us at Radio Islam USA. And make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast wherever you get yours at. So if that's iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or Google Play, you will find us at Radio Islam USA. Uh, we are glad to be back, and we are really pleased to welcome to Radio Islam, Kimberly Kalima Songstress. That's right. I said songstress, right, as her title indicates. Uh, Kimberly is the host of the cultural community podcast, The Radiant Brilliance Show. She is also the PR social media manager for Scheme of Things Graphics dig Digital me Media, a poetic wordsmith, a social justice activist, mother, and admitted news junkie. Yes, I'm also a news junkie. Assalamu alaikum, Sister Kimberly. Wa alaikum How are you? I'm good. I'm It's good to it's good to have you on the program to talk to you. So thank um, you so much for having me. Yes, yes, it's our pleasure. So. Um, where do we start? Tell, tell us about the Radiant Brilliance show. Uh, any, aside from its wonderful name, right, which is uh, it, it's kind of arresting in, in and of itself. But tell the Radio Sound family about the Radiant Brilliance show. Well, the Radiant Brilliance show podcast actually was started quite by accident. Um, I've always wanted to be in broadcast journalism, one form or another. And I had a gentleman reach out to me on Facebook 
Imam Alfred Muhammad. And he said, you know, I've seen the things that you post, and I'd like to offer you an opportunity to work with me on my uh, blog talk program. And I was very excited. A couple of days after having agreed to do it, he admitted that he thought I was someone else. But I told him it was too late. (laughs) I'm in it to win it. And this is my opportunity, and that I would I would make him proud, and I again thank him for the opportunity. Alhamdulillah. And I originally started as part of uh, part of his network, uh-huh. and after I kind of got the hang of it mm-hmm. and saw that there was another direction I also wanted to go in, that's when I put the Radiant Brilliant Show um, off as an individual podcast. That is awesome. I, I love to hear that. <laughs> I love to hear that. He thought I was somebody else, but yeah. by that point, it was too late. <laughs> <laughs> so um does your does your art right because also as a, uh as a singer as a as a as a, as a as a poet does your art overlap into your podcasting or is it a it, yeah i'm sorry go ahead that's okay it hasn't yet um my focus for the radiant brilliant show basically was to shine a light on all the excellence and the brilliance that we have that i've met along the way Hmm. So my focus, honestly, is not on myself. It's to give a platform to other people. Um, and I contribute the poetry and the singing to other events, things that I feel like, you know, inshallah will, will benefit the community, and it also in turn benefits myself. So maybe in the future it will, but right now I, I really feel like there are a lot of bright stars mm-hmm. that, that we need to see and hear from. So, so is that where the name the name came from? Is is part of the kind of the overall mission? Um, kind of yes. Um, I had a point in my life where I really needed some growth, mm-hmm. and a good friend of mine reached out to me and used to send me a lot of positive uh, words and um, affirmations and things of that nature. And two words that stood out to me were radiant and brilliant. I used them and made an email for myself. Mm-hmm. So that every time I sent an email, I'd be reminded of those two things. Mm-hmm. And when it came time to choose a name for a podcast, I included that with two other names. And me and a friend sat down and narrowed it down and figured that would be the best one to help others radiate their brilliance. Mm-hmm. Alhamdulillah. And I can attest to this. Um, following you following you on Instagram uh, in particular, you post some of the most uplifting uh, and not uplifting that's um, that's inward facing. It's really it's very much like just a gift, you know. You know what my secret formula is? What's that? If I find something that sparks a truth within myself, mm-hmm. I think I'm not the only one who may need it that day. Yes. So all of the content that I created mm-hmm. is something where I read something that really touched me, and I just want to share it with other people. It's just that simple. It's no scheme to it at all. Hmm. Okay. Now, we're in a time of uh, with having the ability for individuals to, uh, to to set up and tell their stories, you know, with, with podcasting, with um, uh, whether it be through uh, Internet radio. Um, we're in a time now where everybody has a story and they are ready uh, to tell it. What influences the stories uh, that you tell? Mine. Basically, it's two things. One, it's the need to know. Um, I am not ashamed to say that I like learning, and I admire people who have had the courage to go after their passion. But the other part is that there are non-Muslims who are kind of falling into what the media has fed them with a lot, a lot of negativity. And there are also Muslims who need to realize that there is excellence among us, and you can listen to these people and be inspired and also get some tips it helps propel yourself as well. Mm. Mm. That's, that's a very powerful point of, of looking outside your own, uh, what you may seem, what you may think is just, this is my group right here. This is my clique mm-hmm. uh, moving outside of that. Yeah. And, and that's, that's definitely, that's, that's healthy, right? That's healthy. Um, I believe that it is. I found out about um, Radio Islam mm-hmm. in a flyer that I had gotten when I ordered some products from Sound Vision. Oh, wow. And I started tuning in, and I was very, very impressed with the class, the setup, um, the current events, and the acknowledgement, and the balance of staying current and also being Muslim. Mm, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So what is it that, that drives you as an, as an individual? 
And when I, when I say individual, right, I'm not thinking singularly, right? There's a lot that makes us all up. But is there a singular thing that, that connects all of those things and, you know, that, that moves you? The desire to fill a need. There are a lot of comments that I read. Um, I live on social media. And a lot of people <laughs> complain about what they don't see yeah. or what they don't like mm-hmm. or what they feel is incorrect. And I feel, I personally feel, and I've seen with podcasting, with blogs, with blogs, with a lot of things, that's your opportunity to speak out on what you're dissatisfied with or amplify what you love and make a difference. So it's just more of making a difference or taking action, pretty much. Don't just sit back and complain. Do something. And I'm a chatty patty, so that's my way of doing something. <laughs> so... So there, so there is a kind of a convergence now between activism uh, and social, social social media. I shouldn't say there is a kind of it. It is embedded now. Social um, justice is embedded in social media. Um, do you think, in your estimation, that Muslim vo- voices are being heard enough with regard to social justice? I would like to say yes, and I believe that's twofold. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of us standing out and expressing ourselves in, in the various ways that I mentioned. But there is, a, I believe, a lack of unity. I don't know if that's fear or if they're just not ready for us to take a more active stance. Um, there's, it's a platform, various platforms, mm-hmm. and it's not for everybody. Everybody doesn't march. Everybody doesn't participate in city council meetings, you know, but there are lots of different ways to serve. And I think we just need to get behind those of us that are saying what we believe in or that represents us. Mm. I think that that's a critical point, right? Those who are engaged, who are active um, and have a platform, do they have the support of those who, you know, this may not be their lane? Yeah. Um, and then this also lends itself to another realization. And I'd like your, your thoughts on this. Uh, do you think that there is enough connectivity between those who have platforms um, to really amplify amplify messages that will impact the public perception on issues that affect uh, that affect us uh, whether as Muslims as uh, as African Americans as uh, as just as, as people who are committed to you know good and upstanding uh, lives I believe there's quite a bit. It just takes the courage and the support because there are Muslim-owned and African-American-owned entities. There are radio stations that we run. There are television stations that we own. There are uh, studios, movie studios that we own. Um, We own car dealerships. We own airplanes. We we amass a great part of the industry here in America. We just need to connect the dots. And some people are afraid to stand up and speak. You feel like you'll be polarized. But some people are threatened with their job or with their status or with people's perceptions. But sometimes you have to decide which side of history that you're going to be on and then from that point decide which role that you're going to take. So we've got a lot of outlets available. Um, I remember American Sharia by Omar Regan, which was a great movie regarding diversity tolerance, and he kind of lightly touched on a lot of things that Muslims of all races go through. I didn't see as much support in America as I did in a lot of the other countries. We just need to come together. We need to be courageous and stand in our excellence and in our voice and the story of our narrative. Very powerful statement. And and speaking of Omar Riggin, we had him on the uh, program, I think it was last month, and one of the things that he mentioned was talking about, you know, he started a production uh, company, uh, Halaliwood. Yeah. And my question uh, that was brought up is, is the support, what type of support is being uh, is being given? And I could ask that question down the line for every uh, every person that has the courage to step up and put themselves out there. Is the support there? Um, and, and what takes, and what's the, what's the thing that moves people to say, uh, I have to have a vested interest in this person's success because really their success is not really about them. It's really about, it's about us, right? So 
what what are what are some of the things that you think we need to continue doing right because i don't want to look at us from a deficit model either um as as a community but what are some of the things that you think uh will, will help to facilitate that that growth and that support i believe the first thing that you have to do is be authentic mm-hmm. come across as a real person and speak your actual truth posturing only lasts for so long and if you're only doing it for specific reasons, when those reasons expire, so does your dream. So mm. I think, first of all, when you do your pitch or when you deliver what you want to get out to the masses, give it in your absolute truth and also make your own efforts towards it. One surprising thing that I have found is that I have support in the communities that are not Muslim because a lot of the issues that I speak to are human issues. So also when you're speaking to others about what's going on, make sure that it's relatable. You may be reaching a niche outside of your own just because of how real your words are or your guess what they're speaking on is something that a lot of people can relate to. And also make sure that it's something beneficial. Um, There's a lot of people doing things out of trying to best someone else. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of competitiveness that's very unnecessary. I don't think we've gotten to the level where we can say who's number one or number two. This is like a universe, (laughs) a universe of talent in media from radio to television. And we are the stars in that universe. There's room for all of us. So you got to be authentic. You got to make sure something positively beneficial and make sure that what you're speaking to can be related to by a great many people. And then people kind of just fall in line. They want to get behind something they can truly believe in. Hmm. Not just financially, right. but also when it comes to sharing posts and things of that nature, because support is not always financial. Sometimes it's word of mouth or sometimes it's collaboration. That's real talk. Sir. Absolutely. That's real talk. Um, now, you are an admitted news junkie. <laughs> so is there a particular segment of the news, aside from the obvious that I think that is drawing everybody's attention or is clamoring for everyone's attention every single day um, uh, uh, vis-a-vis our, our president. Um, but is there a particular segment of the news that, that catches your eye more than others? I really am into a lot of human rights causes and social justice. Uh, that those things apply to a great many of people in the, the diaspora and just human rights on a, on a, On a ground level, um, there are a lot of people who are disenfranchised. Poverty and joblessness and health care issues have a lot to do with that. And then, as you mentioned previously, there are a lot of entitled attitudes that are being faced that for decades and centuries have had a lot to do with a lot of the oppression uh, with people. So I love being able to get behind those kind of causes, and I like hearing when there are uplifts in those situations, and I think the only way to do that is on a one-on-one person basis. Get to know your neighbor. Mm. Get to know your coworkers. Get to know people outside of titles and get to know their essence and their spirit and what they're all about. And we find out nine times out of ten, we have way more in common than we have this difference. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, is it difficult for... Well, you said uh, you described yourself as a I don't know, did you say Chatty Cathy or... Uh, but, <laughs> Chatty Patty. <laughs> oh, okay, Chatty Patty. But, but you know, you, you are you are garrulous. You are sociable, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> so, so, so meeting and talking to uh, people outside of your circle, that's never really been, or has that been a uh, problem for you, something that you've had to develop even though you are sociable? Um, I take it as a challenge, mm-hmm. and it's something I really enjoy. And the way that I do it, another secret method is because I have friends of all different circles. Um, I have friends that we have different voting parties. We have different leaders that we support. When I bring a conversation up of something that we're contrary with, I try to bring up something that's equivocal so that they can understand where I'm coming from. Mention something that means something to them and then relate it to my point in a not necessarily a soft, compassionate way, but in a matter-of-fact way. And nine times out of ten, the reasonable people will hear what you have to say. They may not agree with you, but they'll hear you out. And just let them know, I don't need you to be totally on my side, 
but I'm trying to find somewhere where we can meet in the middle and join forces and go forth there. It doesn't help to be combative. You got to right. listen to the other person, be firm in what you believe in, and find a connective bridge. Join up and go from there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that um, that approach of what they call the the withams, right? What's in it for me? Uh, that that has to be that's an essential part of any of any dialogue uh, to make sure that everybody can find something that that resonates with them. So, yeah, I am all on board um, uh, with that. Now, I want to jump around a little bit because I mean, as I'm looking right aside from um, being the host of the uh, of the podcast. But I want to go back into, into the art, right, because art is something that always it always catches me just um but so as a as a a singer and as a a poet what has been your experience um what has been your your experience with that or do you have a particular mission with it once again it's one of unity and to get people to where they can have a peace of mind um before i became i sang locally in charlotte north carolina and different little girl groups. You know, everybody wanted to be girl groups. My father was a jazz musician, so I love, 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 love jazz music. That is actually my single perform now. Um, I attended Masjid al-Shahid in Charlotte, North Carolina, and they gave me the opportunity to perform and entertain for different events that they had and help introduce me to people like Wali Ali and many great entertainers that we have in the African-American Muslim sphere. Then uh, we have an activist that's like a brother of mine, brother uh, Jabril Huff. He's a very active Muslim spokesperson in Charlotte. He would call on me to sing whenever we had like rallies or demonstrations as a way to call the people to action or to speak on what was on their heart. So any way that my voice or my writing can be used to make a positive difference, um, that's where I'm at. That's where I'd love to be in Charlotte. Mm, alhamdulillah. Well, I'm I'm hoping, you know what, we'll have to have you on just as an artist, um, <laughs> right? Uh, because that's one of the things that we really uh, love doing here, um, is doing artist profiles. And if, yeah, I'm just throwing it out in the middle of in the middle of this talk. <laughs> but I would love to I would love to just have that conversation just to explore, uh, just just that artist side. Yeah. Sounds great to me. Okay. All right. Well, let me ask you this. What has been the, or has there been a, a noticeable challenge uh, that you have had to kind of uh, overcome with regard to your, um, with regard to, to your, to your podcast, uh, to media in, in general? And then I also want to ask, has there been an accomplishment that you that you kind of look at uh, a, a singular moment that you say, you know that that's that's that that feather in the cap. Hmm. One challenge that I had to overcome was not even that I was black and Muslim and with a podcast. It was the consistency. There were several people in our community who had started podcasts and then they stopped, and they give people something they really want to listen to and they really like. And then they kind of drop off. They call it pod burn. Either mm. they ran out of things to talk about or get the interview or their life went into a different direction. Right. I wanted, it almost happened to me. I really wanted to be firm in my decision that I wanted to be a formidable option for somebody who signs on something in their car and they can listen to it in front of their grandmother or their three-year-old. I, I did want to be that person. Mm. And the one who made people go, hmm. I never saw it that way, or wow, that was very interesting. That was my, my challenge that I presented to myself. There's a lot out there, not quite appropriate um, for all families. I wanted to make sure that I did that. And as far as a, a big difference, inshallah, that has come. I'm actually, because I like to learn, um, got involved with several African-American um, entrepreneurial sisters in different groups. And I'm learning a lot about promotion and about marketing um, and about creating your content. And I've been fusing a lot of what I've learned 
into what you're seeing on Instagram. So if you notice it, mm-hmm. then it's working, you know, yeah. <laughs> while I'm still trying to remain true to myself and also be a benefit, uh, not let it be about ego and, and let it be about. Me. So I haven't had anything monumental occur yet. Mm-hmm. But, you know, inshallah, something will come along and someone will let me know how monumental it was. Mm, inshallah, inshallah. Inshallah. So tell us again, when did the Radiant Brilliant Show start? The podcast, when did it start? It actually started in uh, 2016. Um, 2012, I had been participating with a friend of mine, actually the artist with a team of things, where they make um, Islamic art and art of covered women. And um, we had a phone call for a Friday freestyle. Mm-hmm. And once a week, people could call in a different Facebook group. We had people from New York, Connecticut, Florida. We had one sister from Nigeria mm. uh, who used to call in. And that actually escalated to where we would interview guests. We started recording those and putting them on SoundCloud. So that was my first experience. Um, 2016 is actually when the Radiant Brilliant Show was birthed. Mm. Yes, sir. Well, I think that's an accomplishment uh, in and of itself, especially in light of, uh, what did you term, uh, pod burn? Yeah, you get burned out. You (laughs) get run out of things to talk about. or That's why it's important that whatever it is that you're doing, you're doing it because you believe in it. If you're doing it to be competitive, if you win, you're bored. If you lose, give up. It's got to be a part of yourself, just like any artist, every illustration, every photograph, every sketch, every sculpture, it's a piece of themselves. And yeah. when you're invested in it, sometimes you'll have a longer life at that particular activity. And I'll add to that, it also has to be, I shouldn't say it has to be, but it is certainly more productive when it's a thing that you don't have to make yourself do. Yeah. When it's when it's something that, you know, you find yourself um, falling asleep, you know, while doing it. It's like, okay, I, I need to I need to break away. Uh, but you think that was, about that thing while you're that sleeping. That's something I told my children, and I recently made a meme about it. It was a quote I always said, you know, how do I know what my purpose is? How do I know what I'm supposed to do? And I always told them, if it's something that you love doing and nobody has to tell you to do it, yeah. you just want to do it. You might not get paid. You might not get recognition. But it just makes your, your soul do a cartwheel to be able to do it. That's your purpose. That's your path. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and put, put, put one of my daughters out um, on, on front. Well, it's nothing, it's nothing bad. But my <laughs> oldest, uh, I've, she has already identified she wants to do, uh, she wants to have her own salon. Um, she has stayed up all night uh, to, you know, doing, doing her hair. I mean, like, literally not going to sleep. Mm-hmm. But this is something that she's always always been passionate about um and and what a blessing it is to for for whatever it is we're directed to 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 be able to identify that thing because one of the true um i would say tragedies uh in life is to go through your life and not find that thing you know that's uh that is a really that's a really uh terrible place to to be in so i think it's something that if you do find it, you know, you, you thank Allah, you know, thank you for, for guiding me to whatever my purpose is. And ask him and ask him to continue to guide you, because I found that there were little things in my life that have been there for 48 years that I was always kind of pulled to. Once I actually stopped and focused on those things, they culminated into what brings me the most joy. And so then I just pray to Allah to bring the right people in my path, make me receptive and, and make me alert to what it is that is good for me. Mm. I mean, I mean. So tell us, tell the uh, Radio Islam family how they can keep up with the Radiant Brilliant Show and, and any other uh, info that you'd like to share with them. Most certainly. The website is www.theradiantbrilliantshowpodcast.com. I've also got a Facebook page under The Radiant Brilliant Show. And on Instagram, it's TRBS Podcast, or you can just hashtag The Radiant Brilliant Show, and it should pop up. It's also on Spotify and Google Play Music, uh, also on YouTube. I'm experimenting with the, with the uh, video aspect of it. It's just audio for now, but... 
hey, you never know. And if someone's interested in being a guest or they want to recommend someone they think would be great, just email me at the Radiant Show at gmail.com, and I'd love to hear you talk about it. Okay, awesome, awesome. Uh, Sister Kimberly, it has been a pleasure talking to you. Um, just uh, appreciate, the, you know, just I have to, I have to admit it, I have to say it, I just appreciate the energy. Oh, um, you. you know, that is that is a blessing. So uh, may Allah continue to bless you and your family uh, and the Radiant Brilliance show. So, I mean, and, I mean, I mean, and yeah. I want to thank you also for uh, reaching out to me again. Your organization is one I've admired for a very, very long time. One of my gold standards is I will admit to anybody. So I thank you for hanging in there, being tough, um, bringing a lot more cultural awareness and may Allah bless your endeavors. Amen. Alhamdulillah. Thank you so much. All right. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. All right, Radio Islam family. We thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Can't say it enough for tuning in, for listening uh, every every night or every time you go uh, to wherever you get your podcast. Right. We thank you for listening. Right now, we want to go ahead and thank our engineer over at WCV. Thank you very much. We thank our engineer in studio, the impressive one, assistant producer Ibrahim Beg. I'm your host and producer Tariq Alameen. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. We remind you that the views expressed by the host and our guests are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision Foundation. Sounds like I need to get some water. <clears throat> Okay, I'm back. That's better. All right, so we want to go ahead and leave you now as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.